This is Moss Whelan and Story in Mind. Just getting out the door. And it is overcast, but not too much. And it's not raining, so that's awesome. Uh, Topic-wise, I'm just thinking about some world-building <clears throat> and kind of cross-pollinization between a, a, um, a couple ideas. It seems like I'll go back and forth between uh, stories and say I'll be working on something and then I'll, I'll use that somewhere else or I'll develop something further. So it, it's almost like a kind of studio where there's one thing that's being worked on, but sort of moving from project to project, uh, it, it just doesn't seem to apply at times what I'm doing. For example, I have a fantasy cowboy project that seems quite different from the Terrapin stuff I'm doing, but there's a lot that's um, related. So the, the project that I'm playing around with right now, I guess I'm taking a break from the other stuff, and it's this notion of a choose-your-own-adventure, but it's also tied in with mental health, and just sort of say, is it possible to bring a reader like to sort of give them an experience <clears throat> and <laughs> walking walking straight into a uh, they're cutting down trees or branches I mean they're sort of trimming trees uh, because of the uh, we have trees but we also have uh, power power wires power lines gonna head back for a second and make some adjustments. And so, let's see. So I, I found myself going back to Klaatu, uh, uh, a band uh, specifically from the 70s. They've, they, um, they lived longer than that, but there was a big foo about their identity back in the 70s, and they were making music that... <clears throat> it's tough because, of course, there's so much music that sounds similar, and so they, they got kind of pegged with this, but I don't hear it. Uh, <laughs> and two, at the time, everybody was doing... Every everybody else, right, you know. There is, of course, unique, but there's also this shared existence with music. Anyways, I, I was sort of tying the music with the uh, album cover art and the lyrics, just the whole tone, and finding something that uh, is interesting to me. To me. And, let's see. Right. So I found, yeah, I found it interesting. And, a couple of the songs are talking about, say, interstellar, uh, interstellar travel, communicating with, um, Communication, there we go. Uh, there's this song, there's this communication. There's uh, discussion of, of vehicles, um, underground trains. I think it was a pneumatic train that was actually existed in 
New York, you know, for a brief time, and so there's that. Uh, the the album art um, has the first album has this um, smiling sun on the front, and then on the back of the album, it has. Uh, a nighttime, but there's an alien planet, and it looks it looks a bit weird. It's got these dark stripes and sort of pinkish purple stripes, so it just something kind of unusual. And it's a notion of an alien planet. Then one of the one of the other album covers has uh, something that's like a pyramid but not. It feels like it might be Aztec uh, and it might have other influences with it. And there's a jungle that's surrounding it. And on the outside there's sunlight well on the inside of the tomb. I think there's actually stars on the inside of the tomb. Which got me thinking of Oh yeah, so you step, you step through this door, uh, doorway. You, you know, you go into this tomb, and then you find yourself on this alien world. Yet another album cover has uh, a city of um, kind of in ruins, and there's a red sun, and uh, I sort of. I'm, tying the whole thing together that there's this journey, there's some kind of vehicle, there's this alien planet, there's ruins there's songs that are quite hopeful and then there's um, yeah, let's go the other way avoid the the loggers uh there's disturbing songs, there's uh, romantic songs. There's songs that for me are very sort of blues rock and have, they're not connected to this, uh, uh, the magic of the other songs. And I automatically find myself pushing those away. Uh, and for me, they seem a bit cliche while I'm going for these stories that are it seems that there's a kind of connection, a narrative with uh, traveling traveling alien planets so that's my interest with the uh, that, that band's music So how does this connect to my own thing? I, it it sort of remains to be seen. I'm, I'm kind of wanting to bring the... Out, yeah, so I want to bring the... Uh, I want to bring these notions on the album covers to into what I'm writing and part of it's a problem because say it, it's like shoehorning you know you try to force something in and that's what happens is you're forcing it and people reading it are going to read this forcing and part of the editing, pro- editing process it's, it feels like more like chipping away stone and allowing the story to tell itself even though you might get you know instructions requests from uh, beta readers critique partners uh, agents story editors that are requesting clarity or say this is not working let's take it in a different direction I usually agree. 
I don't know if it's I've gotten to the point where I can see what the other person is saying. In this sense, uh, it's, it's writing for a particular reader. And I have heard some writers complaining and saying, you know, that they are getting all kinds of different responses. Actually, this is from reviewers, and that feels uh, kind of different. I'm talking, you know, before the reviewers. I'm talking about people who are engaged in the story-making process, rather than being outsiders who are talking about it. I'm talking about actually insiders, people who you're working with. At this point, it's for me, but I am uh, considering a specific audience and people who are looking for an experience. I think best, the best way to describe it is uh, a labyrinth, a kind of labyrinth, a kind of maze where uh, sort of searching for, yeah, so you're searching and then you get to this you get to the middle and then you and then you leave and there's a bunch of different ways to to say that um to talk about it a youth approaches with a basketball and so I shall get some auditory space across the street. So, uh, why not just write it? two minds at the moment. My cowboy fantasy, I'm doing it in chunks. So I'm just concentrating on um, serial uh, format parts or episodes. That could change. I feel kind of a, a pull to just whoosh, write the whole thing, which is my the usual method I, that I do. Do a first draft. Whereas with this project, the side project, and this experimenting going on, I have uh, vehicles that, uh, that are similar that I've thought about these kind of time-space vehicles. Uh, it could be a submarine, or it could be a house that's able to sort of jump around and cross time and space. <clears throat> uh, that said, you know, it's playing with ideas, but it's not actually getting into the story. I'm kind of reminded of a... Uh, short story that's attributed to C.S. Lewis and it's called The Dark Tower and it's really interesting especially if C.S. Lewis wrote it then it's it's doubly so interesting because it's just so uh, disturbing you know and it's not uh, C.S. Lewis has done disturbing stuff but it's just uh, it doesn't go anywhere. That's the other thing, is that it sets up something and then it feels like it's just been abandoned. It's like, uh, well, I don't know where this is going. <clears throat> but I'm thinking of a premise similar to, I think it was the time machine, where it's these gentlemen get together and they're talking and discussing about some kind of uh, experiment uh, or some invention that is in the basement, and you know, oh, would you like to see it? And they all go down, and this adventure takes place.
And it's almost like, say, the story develops as we go along. And there's parts of it that are not a story. You know, that uh, we don't really get to know the, the main character. It's just very sort of surface. And we don't get any emotional depth. It's an adventure story. That's it. So, what would this, what would this uh, story be? My go-to now is considering central question, the central question, which is actually really appropriate. And that there are three areas of conflict. There's the external conflict, which is our action and adventure. And our, our villain is tied up in this. And it's external. It's on the outside. It's the, the plot of the story. If this was Star Wars, it would be blowing up the Death Star. Then there's the personal conflict. And the personal conflict is closer to home. It's emotional. It doesn't have to be romance, but uh, there's a conflict with friends, family, lovers. And often it's uh, tied into the character's inner struggle going on. And two, it's, it's all related. It's just that this personal conflict is, is closer to home. <clears throat> and then finally there's the inter- internal conflict. <coughs> And I think I've talked about that quite a bit. And my current sort of definition for it is need versus flaw, that that's the, that's the equation at work. There's these, uh, there's these trees. I'm not sure if they're magnolias, but they... These uh, blossoms come out. They're quite large. And they're, it's almost like the tree's on fire with these things. The, these particular ones are pink. Um, going from sort of dark pink to a light pink. And uh, it's, it's quite impressive. They don't last long but it's impressive. So once a year we get this kind of whoosh of color and then it's replaced by green leaves. So, uh, considering this story that I'm thinking about, and the external conflict, I'm thinking, and two, I've been rolling around this for months, possibly years, and and just that the overall arc is to get to get to the center of this 
labyrinth, this maze. And in a world-building sense, this is me thinking about an actual mind and that we exist a lot on the outside. Uh, we're very external, whereas uh, internally we are uh, not, you know, we're not so active. Or we're kind of passively handing it over. You know, we're letting else, somebody else do the driving, someone else, some, something else. <clears throat> And so I'm just considering that the external conflict is that there is a, uh, a center to this maze, this labyrinth, and that it is, it, that it is one's, you know, one's own inner existence. And to get to that, that part within one's own mind... <clears throat> I've been thinking of it, say, as, you know, oh, you wash up on an island, and then the island is different parts of the mind. So you would go to, um, there's this city on the island, and it could be a, uh, you know, it could be, say, a town, it could be a city, but say, depending on the part of the city, that that would be a part of the mind with uh, a part of the brain. So there would be this preoccupation uh, in that area. I think the, the sort of science fiction fantasy element of it would be that say, you know, sometimes the city appears to be a necropolis, right? It's totally empty. It's it's like just a huge graveyard full of tombs. And then uh, at other times, it's this... It's full of life and... Um, full of life, full of the living. It could be a day-night sort of scenario. But it's, it's something that I'm sort of exploring and playing with. At, at this stage of the game, it's very much for myself and uh, considering. And so I'll say, I'll sort of take a break and I'll work on this and then I'll go back. Uh, but as an artist said, we're always just working on one thing. And, and we, we sort of, we create the difference and say, you know, oh, I'm not working on uh, oneness. I'm working on, you know, something that's different, you know, opposite. And it's a it's an interesting way to think, to sort of change the uh, the pattern of thinking instead of that it's this you know constant difference, difference, difference. Instead of no, no, let's you know, let's uh, let's get holistic. And so, the internal, I'm pretty sure this is probably the flaw of, of everything, uh, all the main characters I write, that uh, it's, it's keeping uh, the main character from what they need. And that that is, that there's this different definition for each of the main characters. But, you know, when you sort of strip everything away, and you look, there, that there's this sameness, that rather than, um, rather than pursuing this inner bliss, instead it's about being sort of so focused on the outside, distracted and disappointed, ultimately. Uh, the codependence of the outside versus the independence of the inside. All right, so 
someone's power washing their vehicle. Uh, is there anything else I can say about it? So this is the sort of the, the, the core of the, of the um, right now, this sort of amorphic thing that I'm working on that's slowly gaining uh, substance and clarity. So I'm, I'm still... One, one of my thoughts is making it second person, uh, like a choose-your-own-adventure story. However, as I'm editing uh, the sequel for the Terrapin books, that that, that there's a that there's a clarity going on which is not the same, and there's a sort of different experience. In, in writing second person for say my earliest example actually is a Dungeons and Dragons game where it's sort of like we're told this is what you see alright what are you going to do and then you're, you're operating your character and saying okay I'm going to go down this way I'm going to do that thing and then it turns into an I going through the story And that's part of the success of the Choose Your Own Adventure books slash game is that you know you get to choose which way you're going to go. And then you know you turn the page to that particular section. <clears throat> or you cheat, and then you go back and <laughs> say, well, I changed my mind, I'm not going to go that way. Part of this is because I saw on Netflix there was a, a show called Bandersnatch, and I think that that was sort of getting me going. I was already thinking about second person and my experience with role playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons, which was all, all you know, it was like this you, 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 and then it would be I, 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 I. Or even saying the character's name, you know, that. Volstrad, you know, unsheaths his sword, you know, declares the magic words that makes it glow and, uh, uh, you know, he, he declares his battle cry and goes into action. And then we start rolling dice. Oh no. <laughs> There's somebody somebody running. Uh so let's see. How are we doing for time? Yeah, let's do change change streets. Okay. So, what's my plan? I've I've re I've returned to these Klaatu uh, pictures. It's K L A A T U, if you wanted to look it up, and it's it's the first uh, for for myself. I feel like it, that all of the album covers are connected, uh, and they have uh, a number of sort of compilation or best of. But as I said, I have sort of specific, um, specific songs, specific lyrics, uh, specific um, illustrations that I'm looking at that are inspiring me. And it's interesting that I keep coming back to this stuff. Part of it has to do with these sort of inventors 
uh, adventures, adventurers, and sort of on this quest of wonder and imagination, and that I'm imagining there's a, a kind of friendship going on. Of course, that's not good enough. There has to be conflict. And why, boss? I think even it's a, for it's for dramatic purposes. It's the theatrical in all of us. Um, we like it. We like a good story. If there's no conflict. There's no story, and plot. So, okay. Um, even if you have this excellent, um, excellent friendship, you know, a kind of Bill and Ted situation. Still, there are going to be there are forces that are going to come in between, and uh, even even if there isn't, even if it's even if the friendship is just so um, strong, galvanized, uh, say for comedic effects, you know that that is completely not an issue, you know. But uh, per, you know, perhaps it's sort of like that they're paralyzed, right? They can't move forward. You know the friendship is is just so great and wonderful that they're not able to move beyond that and grow. And so, in a weird in a weird sense, the friendship becomes a bad thing. But I'm just imagining these gentlemen, and that they are having this great time, and that they're on this adventure of discovery. I think a movie I saw that has something similar, it's sort of slightly, it feels slightly like a parody or it's satirical. Uh, and it was, I think it was actually during like late 60s or early 70s. And one of them was the first men in the moon. And the vibe even goes back to the, uh, say, you know, silent movies that always kind of had this edge of comedy to them. So, so not the, the serious ones, but say, you know, oh, these, you know, scientists are going to fire themselves up in this uh, bullet, and that uh, hits the moon. And I think it's a French black and white silent movie. And it get you know, actually sort of gets gets into the moon, hits the moon in the eye, and uh, then we have the you know scientists, philosophers stepping out of this magic spaceship and encountering these uh, demonic kind of aliens who live on the moon. Lots of explosions and leaping about and. There's a, there's a kind of light-heartedness. And... Of course, it's sort of the nostalgia of something that, you know, never existed. You know, but it's the, the imagined and hoped for uh, thing in, in all of us. And I, 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 I sort of roping in this character called Snufkin, just uh, you know, say inspirations from uh, disparate sources. But also, too, I don't know if if this sort of project will get used. Uh, there's all of this sort of cross pollinization. Which is interesting, say, rather than just focusing on one thing, that um, this process, my process, seems to be about, uh, you know, existing in sort of uh, sort of fragments and moving, you know, between these fragments. And so you have to 
sort of pull everything together into one cohesive whole, like uh, the sequel I'm working on. It's not. <laughs> it's not enough just to sort of make uh, something this s stream of consciousness, avant-garde. I was going to say, which I could do, but I also can say, which I have done. And you know, at at least, it, what is it? I think that there's this disappointment all around. I mean, if I do it for myself and put it out there, uh, and too, that's the thing. It's like I wouldn't. Is that true? Because I have I have self-published. I think that's the difference. Is that I've written for myself, and now I'm I'm creating products. You know, I'm I'm creating ex sort of these experiences that people can go on, these adventures. And I'm thinking of the, the project I'm talking about in that sense, that it's an adventure. It's a fun adventure. And it's... Uh, that they're silly, and it's not extremely doom and gloom and dark. And... Yeah. <clears throat> Which, I, th I think that's the thing, is it, it would kind of put it into this sort of comic kind of frame. And I think that, on one hand, publishers, unless it's seen that way, that publishers would not have an easy time uh, marketing it. But if right away I'm saying, if I know what it is, and saying, you know, this is satirical, this is... Um, fantasy, fun. I have read these places as well. Like, I've, I've gone on these kind of uh, trips. I'm thinking of uh, China uh, Melville. I think that's his name. And I read at least the beginning of one of them. And it had some great stuff. Uh, there was a woman that had, it was basically inspired by uh, an Egyptian goddess. And I sort of had a feeling that the author was living out their, um, their personal fantasies. And, which is fine. I'm sure that we all do that, but I was also considering, it's like, well, what, what is beyond that? And too, that probably has a lot to do with my headspace, you know, where I'm at. <clears throat> and so, and so. Uh, so I suspect that that can be very helpful in presenting the work and sort of saying, well, this is, this is what it is, rather than having it up in the air and, you know, that we don't, that we don't know uh, what it is and uh, where exactly the uh, story is taking us, the plot, the story. <clears throat> and if you're just tuning in, I, I'm talking about the, the plot is on the outside and the story is on the inside. Which actually, that's helpful for me because what I'm what I've been talking about is uh, moving moving a character away from the external plot, kind of of their life, towards the internal. Um, so it's the, the plots on the outside, so they so that uh, they're focusing on the internal story and thinking about, okay, well, the villain of the piece is all the things that are keeping them from, uh, the main character, from building within or engaging within, 
right? That there's no structure that exists. That sort of no, there's no f- framework <clears throat> for a person to uh, invest in themselves, their self worth, or very little. <clears throat> you know, it's all it's all about what's on the outside. Uh, the wealth you've accumulated, that that equates what's going on in the inside, uh, and yet it does, it does not. So. So, I guess it's that the it's the main characters getting away from <clears throat> what's happening on the outside and working on the inside. If this was something like a AA situation, Alcoholics Anonymous, that there would be sort of support group. Uh, that there would be, uh, yeah, some kind of infrastructure that would assist in helping someone to just uh, connect with themselves. And then, too, there's this you know, bevy of <clears throat> self-help or cults. I've even been invited to gangs a couple times. Although, I think in both the, the two that I'm thinking of, <clears throat> at least, you know, there, there's a couple more than that, but two that I'm thinking of that the people didn't have a, a grasp on what they were talking about. They were seeking a community. But I kept sort of getting these sort of uh, hints and clues. Uh, and this is this is decades ago but as they talked I was like you know, you know wait a second this sounds sort of thuggish right or uh, <clears throat> I'm not sure how this ties into my interests but uh, the, the, the funniest one or I think it's funny it was you know I'm I'm still in uh, elementary school, and one of my classmates, I was hanging around with them, and they started talking about uh, creating a kind of military, right? Sort of talking about that we're going to be generals, right? And, or say he's, and too, I'm trying to remember if he had an interest in history. He actually did have a lot of these... um, glued together uh, models of uh, military stuff. So I think that might have been uh, where it was coming from. And two, those are examples of external uh, stuff that is keeping one from working on what's going on within the story. In a weird way that's similar to writing the plot of one's outer life versus, you know, and two, the the non-writing life versus the inner story of the writer's life. So, let's see. Still lots of time. But we're moving into the wrap-up section. Ah... I am dictating... One thing I'll find myself thinking about is that uh, uh, it is not about uh, what I'm working on, that there's so much going on on the outside that is, for lack of a better word, repugnant. There's a lot of okay stuff. We're basically keeping out of each other's hair. But there's... uh, There is this struggle that I I quite dislike. Uh, And this um, disagreement, you know, about 
about what is real and what is important. And, and two, apparently that's normal. That's historical. That's what it is. And even if you, you know, have all the evidence in the world, uh, you know, you've got to... The case has got to be made in a certain way. You know, whether it's, you know, the continued uh, existence of my, my own... Uh, what is it, community of origin, family of origin, you know, these two houses that, you know, are not, are not going to deal with things because it's just too much, you know, it's just, they're kind of frozen, feeble-minded, and uh, inept, even to do the right thing. And two, I'm thinking politically, right, Canada, right, that it's unable, it can, it can identify, and then even globally, you know, that we're, we're so frozen and uh, handcuffed, and two, so easy for me to sit on my, you know, on my throne in my ivory tower and, you know, th- throw, throw out these uh, dictums. And also pushing away everything and all of the stuff that's on the outside to work on, right, to to prioritize and go, well, what's going to help me? You know, there's nothing on the outside. I've even been handed that down with the local mental health people talking about... um, Even, even though there's this offer of help, say for PTSD, that the, that the reality of it, it just sort of falls apart. And con- conversations like that, like say, okay, well, you know, what's the next step? Uh, and two, it feels like I've done enough for the outside world it's like I, you know, I've, I've made my case. I, you know, I've, uh, I've done as much as I can, and that it's, it's just important to take care of myself, and you know, f- figure out an existence, a life, that is compassionate and kind. You know, in contrast to the um, garbage, you know, to construct something uh, better. And two, it's, it's, it's not all their fault. I, I'm thinking about the, the local uh, medical community, mental health community, and sort of going, it's, you know, it's not all their fault. You know, I'm, I'm saddled with it. I've got to take responsibility for it as well and um, build with uh, what tools exist rather than just sort of... Uh, throwing in the towel. So this is sort of kind of what this project is about, that it is uh, suggesting, right, that the solution is within, of course, not for everyone, but, and too, if we can take care of that element in our lives and be considering, right, that there is an existence within. You know, the story that we're living, is it possible to change it, right? Is it possible to engage with it and to ask, okay, well, why, you know, why is it this way? Why am I doing this? Why am I living off of this uh, script that I don't agree with? Right or has you know it's, this is take is taken over my life 
or it's stopping me from, you know, uh, being content. <clears throat> All right, ten minutes left. <laughs> I don't know if I've created anything here. Uh, well, if if only just for myself and just to hear myself uh, thinking about this, and if it just turns up as sort of raw material for one of my main characters, that's a that's a plus sort of to go over it again and uh, prioritize uh, into getting back to intention, right? That uh, figuring out what is most important, the, the story that I'm telling. Not the story that I've been handed, you know, but sort of considering that and then making, um, sort of taking it apart and uh, building something better. There's a black cat. And I'm not sure if the, the cat I think the cat is pregnant. Are you are you expecting? The, the cat is like, oh uh, I don't know. <laughs> I predict kittens. I'm passing one of the, the happier homes in the neighborhood. That uh, it has a joie de vivre. It has a joy of life. And uh, there's a couple. There's a couple places that just radiate and are exuberant. One of my fantasies is that my place is, you know, becomes this kind of sh- shrine, right? That is sort of. Oh yes, and this is this is where Moss Whelan used to sit in a corner and and uh, work on his uh, inner world. It's getting a bit busy out here, so let's head on inside. Maybe make a cup of tea. Let's see. So, so the story about the uh, group of guys. I think too. I think what I'm kind of moving towards, because I started with talking about Klaatu, and there is a kind of yellow submarine vibe that would really uh, really work well in this. So, you know, allowing in a bit more influence, in a way. As I said, I already have a submarine in mind that I play with. Like, occasionally I'll sort of dust it off and, you know, and it goes, oh, yeah, let's, uh, let's check out the science fiction it it was a i had written a pilot i was thinking of a it would be like doctor who except it would be a grandmother and i i actually went back to the old if you don't know doctor who it's from it's a bbc science fiction from the 1960s i think it was like at least late 1960s and it's great stuff. It's it's very different from now. It's it's more um, sedate, and you know, there's very much plots and history, and it's great stuff. But it's uh, of another age, and 
and two, the considerations, it's very much concerned with uh, a, I would say it's a, you know, a London, an England that uh, does not exist, right? Or as, as sort of identity-wise, it is something else. And my story was uh, kind of like the new uh, Doctor Who, where there's this mishmash of uh, race, gender, sexuality, uh, age, right? Because I'm sort of, oh, like, you know, let's get a grandmother in there. And we're covering, you know, a woman. We're, you know, it's, there's a question of gender, you know, who are you supposed to be uh, as a woman, as an older woman? You know, you know, can't you be a human being? What's all this ageist crap? Um, yeah. So I did this, and I, I actually got some... Did I get? It wasn't good feedback, but I just... I don't know. I, I, sh- I showed it to some f- people, and they were like, you know, this is great. And then I sent it off to uh, the CBC, which is the Canadian version of the BBC. And they, they wouldn't even talk to me. And... You know, it was. It's just sort of like um, another, <laughs> another layer of scar tissue, another scar for the tissue, and uh, 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 of course, you know, you don't stop. You keep going, and um, so, so this whole story had a, a red submarine in it, which was uh, underground. Um, so all you needed, uh, and too, I made this show so cheap. Uh, you know, I had all these, you know, this this paperwork of how to make it the cheapest historical, uh, you know, sci-fi show for kids uh, and everybody else. You know, it had a, a mix of age groups, but you know, nope, <laughs> nope. Okay. Um, but the uh, the submarine keeps popping up for me, and so there's something going on. And uh, I I wrote about it. I, I recently did a choose your own adventure on Twitter, which is where uh, there would be a um, a vote, you know, each day. And I did it for about a month uh, until I just ran out of steam. And one of the elements of the story was this uh, red submarine, which is called the Omen, which is Nemo backwards from uh, 20,000 leagues under the sea. Captain Nemo. Yeah. So the Omen is something that I've, you know, I keep playing around with, and this might be, this might be the story to do it in. And uh, sort of, you know, a yellow submarine crew uh, who are uh, who are on this mission, and the the kind of the the blue minis of the outside world, right? Who are who are keeping them from the uh, the inside world, or at least the the main character. So I'd have to figure that out. And and two the. Maybe it's the main character, because I did it as a choose-your-own-adventure, second person, so it would be you, right? And then you are invited to, to join the crew, this sort of the Beatlesque yellow submarine, but it's a red submarine, and uh, go on these um, fun adventures. And we'll see. We'll see. I'm not, I'm not sure where this whole thing is going. I know what I'm doing. Um, okay, so uh, your assignment is to um, just go sit down at the wherever you do your writing, and even if you don't want to, just show up for work, shuffle around some paper, and you know you have your assignment, and I'll be I'll be checking in on you, and right I I hope that you'll have something done by the end of the day. And, um, you know, you're, you're coming up for review, you know, your, your, your quality of writing, you know, it's, 
you know, it's it's important to put out a quality product. So don't be shy to, uh, you know, do it for the team, right? And um, you'll you'll get a bonus, you know, if you if you put in a hundred percent. You know, I, I know it's been a tough year for the company, but um, it's it's totally worth it. And we're just so happy to have you aboard. All right. Keep up the great work.